Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. many ways to interact with Free Birth Society. These include our incredible offering, The Complete Guide to Free Birth, which is the most comprehensive online course available on how to give birth in your power. We also have a beautiful free birth meditation program called the Sovereign Birth Meditation Series, designed to help you release your fears and actualize your dream birth. Our latest course is called Through the Veil, a profoundly personal, radical pregnancy companion program by Yolanda Norris Clark that offers the opportunity to travel with Yolanda as she moves through the last trimester of her most recent pregnancy and invites you into her birth room to witness the birth of her eighth child. And if you're looking for a deeper connection and the opportunity for sisterhood in community with radical, like-minded women, the Free Birth Society private membership is for you, and you can apply on our website to become a member. We also offer personalized one-on-one transformational coaching with a focus on learning the tools to move out of victim consciousness and towards self-responsibility. Skills that translate to freedom, not only in the context of birth and mothering, but in every area of life. And finally, we are offering all of you, our amazing listeners, the free gift of Yolanda's 20-minute Birth Affirmations audio recording, a gorgeous, soothing meditation that every pregnant mother should have. So just head on over to our website at freebirthsociety.com, sign up, and Yolanda's affirmations will be sent directly to your inbox. Yolanda here, and I'm so excited to tell you about my latest endeavor with Free Birth Society. It's called Through the Veil, and it's an invitation for you to join me on the most profoundly intimate experience of my life and yours, the journey of moving through the birth process into the underworld of birth to be reborn as a new mother into a new family once again. Through the Veil is a very raw, very real third trimester birth and postpartum week by week program that includes 17 videos in which I discuss exactly how I prepare for my free birth, including so many of the messy, emotional, logistical, and relational issues that aren't often talked about in the conventional prenatal context. Through the Veil also includes the hour plus long documentary of my eighth baby's birth an incredibly loving, incredibly vulnerable, gritty, agonizing, naked, and beautiful family birth that I'm so, so proud of. I really look forward to you journeying with me through the veil.
I'm happy to be sharing a playful, funny, and wonderful story today of a first-time mama, Erica, living in Perth, Australia. Erica shares how open she was to birth and how she prepared for her birth to decimate her, which it did, and in her words, then I had a baby and it was cool. Erica shares what it felt like to birth in total instinct and yet how unprepared she was for the intensity of postpartum. Yes, yeah, free birth was a decision before um, Buzz was conceived. Um, I feel like my kind of journey begins of me learning about my own birth. Um, I was breech. My mom was scheduled for a cesarean section, and that seemed like, you know, that was my idea of birth. So I grew up never wanting kids, you know, had no interest in them at all. (laughs) And, um, you know, no connection, no desire, nothing. And when I met my husband, that changed, you know, you meet the person that you're like, oh yeah, I could see how that works. Um, Well, I learned about his birth. So he was born actually in this house that we live in now that Buzz was born in. Um, And that his view on birth of it just being, yeah, it's really normal. It's, it happens at home. Um, that kind of changed my mind a little bit. And then I saw that, that documentary about, um, the, um, the business of being born, you know, and, you know, it was very obvious that I, if I were to have a baby, not going to happen in a hospital. And then, um, I somehow stumbled upon unassisted birth, that book, and, you know, read that whole thing and thought like, wow, that lady is fucking oh, crazy. By Laura, cool. Laura Shanley. Yeah. She was just here yesterday for our women's circle. Oh, I saw that you guys had a little circle. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I just Heller. thought like, wow, like what a concept, like that is so wild. And it like gave me like butterflies thinking about it. And it, mm. you know, things like that, that kind of make me feel like scared shitless kind of or intriguing to me. (laughs) So yeah, I mean that it was an idea. I wouldn't say that, um, you know, that idea was nurtured for maybe two years, three years until Casper and I decided to decided to start trying. Um, so yeah, we, you know, I was on an IUD for like a decade. So we really didn't know like how long it would take to conceive. Um, but it happened really quick. (laughs) And that was a totally conscious. Um, and I, like, I knew I was having a boy. I knew he was going to come in June. It just, yeah. Everything about that was manifested and like strategic. And we were living in New Zealand at the time. So I really wanted to have family around. Um, Casper's from here in Perth in Western Australia. So we, you know, I really wanted to move. So the plan was like, get pregnant, get an Australian visa and move. Um, but I really didn't know like what the timing of that would be. Hey, so, but yeah, I don't know. Things just really fell on the line. I got pregnant. Um, my Australian visa showed up a couple months later and then, yeah, we moved, moved when I was, um, about 25 weeks pregnant and yeah, I had a totally wild pregnancy. And, you know, at the when we were trying, I would like say to Casper, like, do you think 
I can do it. Like, should we, should we try the free birth thing? And he was always so supportive and was like, yeah, of course you can do it. Like you can do whatever you want. That's, you know, I'm here for you. That sounds like a great idea. Um, but I think it was probably around like 10 weeks that I was like, yeah, this is like committed to it. Like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And I wasn't going to see anyone anyways. I mean, yeah, I think I've kind of left out the fact that I found your podcast. And when I started listening to stories of um, women's trauma, I was like, oh, you know, fuck no. I'm not like, I'm not going to go through that. I, and that was kind of originally why I didn't even really want to have children. I was like, Mm. all I know is that it's like horrible. And yes, you get a baby at the end of it, but I didn't even really have kids at that time. Mm. Um, So yeah, and I've always just done things on my own. You know, I'm like a really independent person and I I don't like people telling me like if or how I can do things. Um, so it just, it seemed like a radical choice, but I feel like I've I've been labeled kind of radical. I'm like kind of the black sheep of my family. And so, yeah, and you know, even if you you know, the safe thing to say people to, to say to people is, oh, I'm having a home birth. And that like, for me, was like testing the waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that to people. And even in New Zealand, where home birth is a little bit more um, common than here in Australia or the States, um, you know, it's like even people who I just thought were a bit more open-minded would be like, oh, well, probably it should be at a birth center. It is your first, you know, like, what if, da 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 they bring out their own stories and and it, I think that energy just pushed me further and further away. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, uh, fuck all y'all <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, I've never had like a, I certainly do not have the like trauma and the extent that, um, women have gone through, through, um, the medical system, but I haven't had like great experiences sure. with, you know, like who, who really has, um, it's not like you loved your pap at 17. <laughs> exactly. And well, you know, I'm just like being on birth control for so mm-hmm. long. And like, you know, the moment you start going down this path of a more, um, wild pregnancy and birth, you know, I started learning all these things and I'm like, why the hell was I on like birth control for nearly 20 years of my life? Oh, you know, wow. like that's insane. And, um, I've had laser surgery, um, the LASIK surgery. And I'm not really sure that that was necessary. You know, like there's just so many things that kind of led up to that point of like, well, you know, fuck it. I'm like, these people have never really helped me. Hmm. Um, they've never saw me as a person. So why would that change now? Um, so I still was telling people when we even moved over here that like, there's no point in me getting prenatal care in New Zealand because then I'll just have to find a different, you know, midwife in Australia. So that was kind of like my, I don't know, foolproof plan of like, don't worry, everything's cool. I'll sort it when I get to Australia. And maybe like 2% of my brain entertained that idea of like, you know, maybe just interview some midwives wouldn't hurt. Um, but then I, you know, I just started getting savvy to it and learning more and looking up what they're, you know, by law are required to do over here in Australia. And it's just, it's stuff that it's non-negotiable for me. You know, you mm-hmm. go past 42 weeks, that's it. You're out of their care. Um, you know, I mean, everything is up to them. 
nothing is up to you. Right. So it was, it was obvious. It's like all about them. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. It's crazy. I, my husband is a somewhat shy person. Um, and you know, I, I try to like visualize in my head having a complete and total stranger in our house and like, it's going to mess with me. It would mess with him. All the energy would be wrong. So it's just, it was very clear that I didn't, I didn't want anyone there too, you know, and that, that's how it happened. It was just Casper and I. And, and like midwives aren't supposed to be complete strangers. You know, that's another piece to <laughs> this is like, you know, a midwife, at least in my mind is supposed to mm. be, you know, the community midwife who serves yeah you know, the women and families of where she lives and spends so much time and is fed by the family she serves. And, and she knows where, you know, where your favorite snacks are in your cupboard. And she knows where you keep your dustpan. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, it's, and it's fine that she's being paid for a service. She totally deserves to be well compensated, but it's not, what it's become of this like Mm. random person that you go sit in her office and it's this like transaction. And like you said, and then your partner might never meet them because they're at work or something. And yeah. yeah. And then of course it's creates this just like funky feeling. Well, and I, there's a part of me that is sad that I didn't get to have, you know, um, a wise woman to, to be here with me. I mean, really I would love for that have to been like my mom, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, yeah, that's not, yeah, they don't exist unless they, they do. Yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> yeah. They certainly didn't in um, my, in my sphere. And and that's what I hear mm-hmm. from most first time women who free birth is not mm-hmm. that we wanted to be completely alone. And I think people get this really wrong. It's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it is, and that's totally legit and great and fine. But I do think a lot of women, it sounds like you and I included, is if there had been a really trusted, wonderful, loving, experienced, mm. you know, woman in our lives that could hold space for us and love us through this, that weren't beholden to the rules and regs of yeah. the country their licensure is in, um, well, duh, <laughs> that would have been wonderful. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just... I don't even know if like come time for actually baby coming out, I would have wanted someone there, but just someone to be with you through, through all of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you had a long labor. I had a fairly ish long labor. Would have been great. But you know, I, yeah. So we moved over here. My mother-in-law was, I guess, a bit radical for you know, 34 years ago to have her, her kids at home. Hmm. Um, so she knew some people in the birth world and she wanted to introduce me to some people. And I met this woman who was a midwife. She's not anymore. I think she actually, whatever, lost her certification because of just being a little bit more hands-off and, you know, being more of a midwife, I suppose. Anyways, I met her and I was just like, Oh no. Cause she offered to be there at the birth. And, you know, again, I entertained this idea for like maybe five seconds and it just wasn't right. You know, it wasn't, wasn't right. It was nice to meet her. She like, she actually kind of taught me how to palpate a little bit, which was really cool. Um, 
you know, and like got out some like toilet paper rolls and made like a thing. We didn't actually hear the heartbeat, but that was like the closest I got to like prenatal care. Um, <laughs> toilet paper yeah. rolls and some palpating. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And then, you know, we would like try that ourselves <laughs> further along the line. We're like, yeah, do you hear anything? No. Like, is that a head? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of made it kind of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I measured my fundal height a few times, but then that, even that started to kind of mess with me because like, I didn't really know where I was measuring from each time. And sometimes the number would be up, sometimes it would be down. And I was like, you know, if even this is creating like a mild bit of stress, like I can only imagine what it would be like to actually go meet with someone who's taking your weight and da da da. And like, I never weighed myself. Like, I just didn't care. It just didn't seem important. Um, you know, and I just felt normal. My pregnancy was super easy. I wasn't sick. Um, you know, I I kept teaching yoga. I kept practicing. I rode my bike for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, Weren't you doing headstands, like, up until the day you went into labor? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got to post just a picture. Just living life. Yeah, you know? living life. <laughs> totally. Living life. And, you know, avoiding any weird conversations. So I teach yoga and, you know, people as much as like we try to keep a distance, people want to attach to their yoga teachers sometimes and they want to know everything about you. And (laughs) so I fielded a lot of questions along the way. And way back when I told everyone I was pregnant, I actually like posted something on my social media that is kind of how I reach my yoga students and stuff, that I was having a free birth because I was excited. I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. More people should know about this. And that was like, that blew up, like not in a good way. Um, You know, just the comments that I was getting and obviously people were telling other people to come comment and just like these horror stories of how they almost died. I mean, you know, just, and it was like, okay, like that was a real eye opener to Mm. me. I was like, I need to keep this a little closer to my heart and only tell the right people, you know? Yeah. How dare Um, you share that you're taking full accountability to create the birth of your dreams for your family. Right. Yeah. How, well, yeah. How dare you? I mean, it's how just, dare you? Oh, it's so bizarre that, it um, is bizarre. you know, it's one thing if like, you know, you have, you would never do that. Like I can understand it is a little bit crazy. And even sometimes I think about it now, I'm like, I can't believe we fucking did that. That, that is a bit, <laughs> that is a little bit crazy. Um, but whatever, even if you feel that, why give right. your, horrible negative energy but anyways so that that made me realize don't share it yeah um you know let people know who are close to you in um and I told my mom I told my dad they were super supportive you know at first they're like whoa what but I've just always done my thing so they were like oh yeah Erica's being Erica it'll work out it usually does Mm -hmm. um and same with my in-laws so I we live in a duplex. I live right next door to them. Oh. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, everyone needed to be on board. Yeah. Because, right? like, we wanted to have the baby here, and we did. Um, but it was, like, super clear. I, like, printed things out for everyone that was, like, don't come over. <laughs> Never come over. <laughs> Never, ever, 
ever even walk over here. <laughs> you know? And it's like a permanent sign now on your front door. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, it's just like, like, and even to Casper, um, you know, I was like, if I tell you to leave, you have to leave. You know, I just had like a list of things for him because, you know, I just, oh, and the other thing is I took your course, you know, and that, um, that was huge. To me, that was actually my prenatal care. It's like, what am mm-hmm. I going to spend some money on? Because I knew I wasn't going to have a doula or a photographer, da, da, da. So I did your course and loved it. And Casper and I would watch, um, you know, before we went to bed and we would learn stuff. And I just felt from that, I was like so well equipped with information. Um, nice. And felt like, yeah, just really trusting in that my body was going to do it. You know, my baby was going to be born. Um, yeah, And so. I think another big piece to the trusting is like, I feel like some people hear that and confuse that trusting doesn't mean you're blind. If oh. some, you know what I mean? If something yeah. is like funky or off, you know, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> like we're, we're choosing to be resourced enough. Yeah and center ourselves in our own physical experience that if something feels funky, it would be so obvious. Correct. You know, and it's, it's, it's like, I mean, I know I'm beating a dead horse, which is a terrible expression, but this (laughs) concept of like that trusting yourself is like stupid. Yeah. You know, or reckless. Right. Yeah. Ignorant in some way. Like, yeah, who are we no, supposed I mean, to trust if not ourselves? I mean, I know who, the man, but like yeah. still, I mean, it's just yeah. a wild, it's a wild thing. Well, and I, th- I mean, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, I felt like putting myself out there and saying, I feel confident, I trust myself, this is going to go well, that triggers so many people. Hey, it just, and they can't handle it. I mean, even now in my postpartum, I'm people asking, you know, the, the stupid question of like, is he sleeping? How are you? You know, are you, you must be so tired. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like things are great. And like, really? Yeah. Like, come on, just admit it was, it's horrible in some right. way. Right. Just admit um, it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember like this, this person, older woman getting in an elevator with me and, and my baby when she was pretty little. And she was like, well, I don't have to ask you how sleep deprived you are. And I was like, well, you could, but like, what a strange question to receive on the elevator. Also BT dubs, not sleep deprived. Like, are we, are we allowed to be well? And that's obviously not to negate. Plenty of women are legitimately sleep deprived and that really messed up. But like, I wasn't. And it was, like you said, it was just assumed that I hated it and that I was having Mm -hmm. a really hard time. Yeah. Well, even people seeing that I was pregnant, instantly like, oh, you're in for it. Get ready. <laughs> so rude. Da, da, da. And I would say that I was excited for labor because I was mm-hmm. super excited. Um, and yeah, women just thought that was so bizarre. Well, it's like trauma right. bonding, right? Like people who yes, are traumatized yeah. are looking to bond through that, um, which mm-hmm. is understandable, you know, sure. but but yeah, but also fun- funky. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're you're settled now in the duplex. Yeah. You're communicating your needs and kind of nesting and creating your boundaries mm-hmm. for this upcoming experience. You're at the end of the pregnancy, and any other yeah. 
because I know a lot of women are, uh, what's the right word? Confused about how to set up that space. So anything mm-hmm. else, it sounds like you, you were down with it. So anything else that, any tips of what you did that you felt really worked in terms of setting up your, you know, protection bubble? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just made it super clear, you know, yeah. made boundaries, had my little type up sheet. Um, and at this, like, as well as being prepared as I was, I was also just super willing to chill. And that's what I, like, I was ready to wait for a long time. Mm. You know, there was no anticipation really, which seems, you know, I say I was excited for birth, but I wasn't like over being pregnant. Right. You know, I was like, sure, I could be pregnant forever. Maybe that'll happen. Um, I went to, I went to 41 weeks and like, I know that Casper, went to like 43 weeks. And so I was just like, okay, I'm prepared to be here for a while. Um, I had a pool, like we had everything kind of set up, ready to go, you know, and like Casper had his little tasks, which I think made him feel good of like, he had a whole protocol to fill up the pool and da da da. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just, we were prepared, but also kind of like winging it. If you know what I mean, I because do. How do you, yeah, of course. That's yeah, I mean, like, how birth is. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I didn't even really know where I was going to give birth. Um, I was open to, yeah, wherever I guess. Um, so, should I take you to the? Do it. Yeah, the birth story. Um, so yeah, I was Sunday night almost. 41 weeks. We went on a really big walk and I had been walking heaps. Like that was my exercise and the occasional go upside down because it felt really good on my back. <laughs> so we were going on huge walks and like on the beach. So like super unlevel. not that I was trying to like make myself have a baby, but I was like, let's stay active. Um, so we went up to the in-laws beach house, had a really nice weekend and I kind of had a feeling this was the last weekend. Hmm. I had just turned 33. So it was my birthday. He was, so Buzz was due on the 28th. My birthday is the 30th. So there was always a chance he might come on my birthday, which I thought was really cool. Whatever. He didn't. Um, so yeah, we went on a big walk and like, we came home, we're watching a movie and I just felt like I started to pee myself. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think my water is just released which was, you know, super cool, exciting. We went on another walk because I thought I was like done naively. I was like, oh, that was it. Mm. Went on another walk and, you know, get home and my pants are just like soaked. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that was it. So that was like at 9 p.m. We went to bed that night and we're like, you know, took some photos and we're like, this is it. This is our last night together. Just us two. Um, And that was so wrong. (laughs) You know, we had a (laughs) long time to go. So. But that was, that was cute. We, um, wake up the next day and I didn't tell anyone that my water's broke because I didn't, I didn't want anyone's stress or anticipation. So I just didn't tell anyone and like nothing had happened, you know, beyond like no cramping feelings. I didn't have any, um, you know, prodromal labor before. So it was just like water broke. We went to bed, woke up the next day and I just felt kind of like spacey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like I was high all day, if, you know, and I, I just didn't want to tell anyone and I didn't. And my mother-in-law saw me and she's like, your belly looks really low. I was like, oh, interesting. But again, didn't tell her just, you know, 
didn't want to. So yeah, kind of, I guess it was 24 hours after my water broke, I started to get some weird crampy feelings and was like, okay, you know, things are happening. So we like watched a movie and went to bed. Cause I just remember that being everyone's advice of like, go to sleep, try to rest. Cause you never know. And I, I thought in my head, like people would always like, Oh, I hope you have a really quick, short labor. And I would always say back, like, I'm, I don't want that to be honest because I, I love that um, in the course Yolanda said birth will decimate you. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I like, I wanted to be decimated. <laughs> like I, you know, I need, I need things to be really intense for me to like shift. So I was like, no, I, I would like, you know, at, at least 12 hours. That's what I had in my head. Um, anyways, we, we go to sleep. I wake up and I'm like, I can't like just lie here through this anymore. We have to get up. So we went into the living room. We start like, I don't know. I just start entering what I would call the birth dance. <laughs> and, you know, I've got like music on, trying to breathe through it all. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I know what I'm doing. You know, and like, <laughs> totally. the, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no. Oh, I so relate. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, I get, in the I pool. mean, early labor is awesome. <laughs> it really is right. You're like, this is fun. Like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I could do this for another 12 hours at this level. Right. <laughs> You're like slightly feeling like a little burn in your hips. Yeah. <laughs> Needing to pause for a moment. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's so I think to myself, let's not, I don't want to get in the pool until it's, you know, really intense. So I think once things like leveled up one level, I was like, okay, it's time to get in the pool. Got in the pool and I hated it. It just mm. wasn't, just wasn't right. Um, and I guess that, that was kind of a mistake because the pool took up like this whole living room and this ended up being where I wanted to be. Mm. I just wanted to be like enclosed in one space. Um, so yeah, I just kept getting in and out of the pool. Turns out I just hated it. And, um, but I kept trying to go back to it because I just, in my head, I was like, yeah, I want to have my baby in the water. It just sounds mm. like a great idea. Um, but you know, fuck, this was like six hours into it. I just, I don't actually know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking I was in right. labor. <laughs> um, so yeah, I get in the pool. I'm like lying on my side, like fully suspended. Um, and I felt like Buzz was moving inside of me like the entire time, just like kicking, punching, going nuts. And he, I felt him kind of turn when I was lying on my side. And like, that was, I don't want to say things started to like go wrong, but like things got really intense at that stage. Um, I don't know how he turned, but my contractions just started like, they just never stopped essentially never stopped. And it was all back labor. Um, and like, I was like, Casper, can you time these? And we started timing one and he's like, it's like, is it over yet? And I was like, no, we're still going. And we were at like a seven minute mark, like a seven minute contraction. And I was like, no, it's not stopping, you know? Um, so I don't know what happened in the pool, but the pool kind of sent me down this path of like, fuck, what have I done? You know, we made it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
it was probably the 24 hour mark and I was having these nonstop contractions. Like I had been throwing up. I made Mm. like spicy soup the night before. I have no fucking idea why, you know, horrible idea. Um, I didn't want to eat anything. And so it was just, yeah, we came to a point of like this real, I don't know. It was a pivotal point for me because I felt like I had, it's like, I can go see someone right now and tell me like, why, why am I not getting any sort of break? Mm. Um, why, like my belly is still like, he felt really high up, like just started doubting myself a lot and feeling like this, this is the point where like, I see why people transfer themselves. Hell yeah. You know, this is why they, you know, they keep, yeah. Um, this is why we need the wise sisters who it. aren't beholden to a system that is predicated on bringing us into the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Right. When I think I, I had those moments of, yeah, just feeling sad that I didn't have, like my husband is amazing. He was like, honestly, just incredible, but yeah, he's not a woman, you know, right. and it's, it's a different, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just a different energy. So, um, so are you, started doing, do you, so then do you think that when you were in the pool laying on your side, that buzz turned posterior? Maybe, I don't know. I was having back labor before that. Um, but you felt him I mean, turn. There was even times where I thought maybe he was like sideways, like transverse. Um, fuck, it just, it was so intense. And, mm. you know, like a 20 out of 10, but I'm sure like everyone says that. Hey, you know, it's just, that's labor. Um, but we, Casper did all this research and like found these like moves to like kind of ease things off and like, we were doing all these weird stretches and stuff. And we probably did that for a few hours, you know, like time is a bit spacey. Um, but we were able to like get my contractions to like stop basically, which uh, that's what I needed. I just, I needed a break. So mm. this was um, Tuesday night. So contractions started Monday night. We got to Tuesday night and I was just like, fuck, like, let's go back to bed. Not that I'm going to sleep, but like, let's go get in bed. You should sleep, my partner and whatever. So we get, we get back in bed and my contractions are more like 15 minutes apart. And I would just like turn on my salt lamp and just basically sit up in bed and like kind of, you know, like fall asleep and then be jolted awake and then try and like get through it. Um, so it's basically like I started over. I feel mm-hmm. like I just, you know, just the yeah, started over. And, um, I told Casper, like, sleep, I'm going to get up, and when I'm ready to, and when I need you, I'll, I'll come get you. And so, yeah, that, that was labor for me, was like that from that day or that night forward, because um, I was really in it. You know, before I had, like, the music and the affirmations and the candles and all this shit, I had to do it by myself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole line of, like, you live your life, how you live your life is how you birth your baby. Like all the things in my life, like I've truly navigated on my own. So that's what needed to happen. And so, yeah, I came out here into the living room, probably labored for another like four or five hours on my own. And then I started to feel like, Whoa, like, yeah, it's shit's getting real. I can tell it's about to happen. So I went and got Casper. Um, And then 
Yeah, I, yeah. Went into the shower, water on my back was amazing. I didn't want to be touched, like even by my husband. I didn't want anyone to touch me, but like water felt great on my back. Um, and I would periodically like feel inside myself to see if I was dilated, which was ridiculous. Cause I don't know what, right. What are you feeling for? No idea. And like <laughs> so stupid because during labor, I was like looking up like how to, you know, see how dilated you are, which that was dumb. That was like the one time I was on my phone. I was like, that's stupid. No more of that. Anyways, I had been doing that occasionally and we were in the shower and I was just like, out of my mind, like about to just, yeah, be ripped out of my skin. And I felt up inside myself and I felt his head. And it was like, you know, like just the absolute greatest moment of my life. And I like Aww. screamed at Casper. I was like, that baby's head. <laughs> like, and I made feel as well. And Casper was like, oh my God, it's going to be soon. And I was like, no, like, don't say that. Right. Like, don't jinx me. <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> shut your mouth. Just keep that water on my back. That's it. <laughs> like, oh, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so that when I felt his head, I decided to start pushing. Um, and that was just. I remember, like, that was something my mom said to me. Like, how do you know when you're gonna when you need to push? I was like, I don't know. Like, I think I'll just know when to push out my baby. Like that'll happen. Um, so yeah, I decided to start pushing. So I did. And I had a little mirror and like had the mirror underneath me and, um, some like meconium stained water came down onto the mirror. And like for a split second, I kind of had a moment of like freak. Cause you know, this had been going on for a while and buzz was moving so much. And then I like, when I felt his head, I was like, wait, he's not moving. But like that kind of made sense. Like he's, you know, he's coming down. Um, but you know, after everything I had learned, I was like, no, it's not a big deal. It's all going to be fine. So we come back into the living room and I just start pushing and like pushing was so awesome. Like I loved it so much. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I was on all fours and like Casper's behind me, just like giving me a play by play, like slowly watching the head come down. So I, I probably pushed for like 45 minutes and so like I'm on my hands, my knees, and I knew it was imminent, you know, it was coming up. And my little dog had been with us the whole time. Like he's my one of, yeah, he's my best friend. I love my little dog. <laughs> sorry, Casper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. He knows. Casper yeah, would say that Kobe is his best friend too. Anyways, like I, there was like one more push and baby was going to come out and I knew that. And somehow like Kobe knew that and Kobe like jumped up onto this little lounge and just started like licking my face incessantly. Like all of a sudden his energy was like, Whoa, you know, and the whole time he'd been chill. So I like pushed him away, gave one more giant push and buzz came out to about like there. So he had like half his mouth in half his mouth out. And, you know, again, Casper's giving me a play-by-play -play and, like, it was hysterical because he's like, it's so crazy. Half of his mouth is in and da-da-da, he's bright red. I give him one more, like, push and he just comes flying out. And I actually thought Casper had pulled on him and I said, like, don't fucking pull on him. And he wasn't. He just came out quickly. Um, 
and I like I saw him through my legs and it was like he was moving all around this bright pink like and that was like my one I don't know I didn't really have any like fears or anxieties about labor but my one thing was like if it took him a while to start up that would make me a little anxious yeah that's a scary thing to think about of course yeah even though we know that like that you know it can take babies a little bit wild a while to come through but um yeah, so I saw his little arms like flailing around and Casper's like, he's here, it's a boy. He passes him through my legs. He's got the cord, like a seatbelt and around his ankle. So he felt quite like short and I kind of like undid him and he was like real slippery. So I kind of, I didn't like drop him, but he was like on the floor. I was like, oh my God, like it just wasn't, I was ready for something so insane but it was just like oh here's my baby right like it just was so normal um and the whole like unwrapping him was like yeah that's what we do I tipped him over he you know oh he did a giant meconium shit on my arm nice <laughs> I sucked the stuff out of his mouth and stuff he was crying straight away yeah it was just so I want to say easy, even though it was a 38 hour labor, it was just, it was so easy. He came out, that was it. Well, and instinctual. Yeah. Well, that's that's really it. In In that dark time, I was making up stories of what, what is going wrong. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Casper and I would be like, okay, but like, yes, it hurts, but like, I'm still okay. Like in the grand scheme. So I know that baby's okay. Um, Yeah. So yeah, had a baby in this living room and it was really cool. <laughs> um, he he didn't latch right away. He actually like came out and fairly soon after went to sleep. Mm. But like that made sense to me because when I say he was moving the whole time, like truly he was moving for 37 hours. Like wow. octopus in my belly going going wild. Interesting. Um, yeah. So... And I didn't, you know, I had no worries about that. I didn't even think about, like, I tried to get him to latch, but he just, you know, he wasn't into it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, The 45 minute mark, my husband was like, you should probably think about the placenta. And I couldn't believe it had been that long. Mm, Go Casper. Yeah. Well, and that was on his little sheet. That was one of his things he had to do, (laughs) like check in. Um, So I like squatted over a bowl, tried and it, yeah, it didn't come out. And I was like, I needed help to mm-hmm. sit up. Like I was really tired, you know, like I had basically been in tabletop position for mm-hmm. 40 hours. My arms were sore, my hips hurt, my knees were swollen. It was, you know, everything. So yeah, that didn't work. And then I took a little tincture. I had a few tinctures and, um, you know, whatever. I don't know if it worked or if it was placebo, but the second time I squatted over a bowl, placenta came out. That was so cool. Hmm. Insane. Um, I know. I feel like the placenta sometimes is like crazier than the baby. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was really crazy. And then we just like looked at it like. Yeah. It's like an alien. It really is. It's like a stingray. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yes. Some sort of (laughs) sea creature. Yeah. Totally. Um, You know, that's still frozen in my my freezer. Haven't done anything with it. I think maybe it was like, you know, four hours and then he latched. Nice. But, um, yeah, you know, I, birth, labor and his birth, 
in my eyes were a piece of cake. Postpartum was not. Mm-hmm. I like postpartum was hard. Um, and like, you know, I thought I knew, I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't. Mm. And even with an incredible husband who did a lot, he had two weeks, um, off, but like, you know, it's not enough. It's nothing. That's and a blink. Yeah, I know. Um, so that it was hard. I struggled. I felt really lonely. I didn't know how to express what I needed. Mm. And, you know, the whole thing of like just hearing my baby cry in someone else's arms was pure fucking torture to me. But I didn't know how to say, give me that baby back. Mm. Um, So, I mean, they they seem really trivial now. I know they're not trivial, but there's just so many little things dotted through those that first month that like they sting me, you know, and I just know next time, I suppose, because, you know, we do want more kids next time how to set more boundaries and have more support. Mm. Um, And I feel like it's, yeah. And even though I learned about as much as I thought I needed to know about postpartum, like you're just not, you don't know what you're about to go through as a first time mother, you know? Right. I mean, well, anything shy of like, make sure you have support 24 seven for the first six months and don't, you know, and don't get out of bed and have everything done for you and, and, and still need people who may or may not exist in your life to hold space for just the tenderness and vulnerability and don't allow anyone in who's mildly aggressive or like, it's like, it's all, it's an impossible recipe. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's really hard to explain that to someone who hasn't gone through it, that the tenderness, like I'm thinking about how, you know, you're obviously a very confident and like you said, independent woman and your willingness to set up the boundaries around labor. But I think that then that tenderness and vulnerability and rawness that happens in postpartum is like otherworldly. It is, we are becoming a new woman in that mm-hmm. time. And we've mm-hmm. never been mothers before. We're like actually becoming, you know, it's not just the birth that makes you a mother, right? It's like those raw ass intense oh, days yeah. and weeks afterwards that there really aren't words for. Well, that that's it. Like there's, it's, it's ineffable. I don't have words for it and I'm still in it. You know, Buzz is five months old and like, I don't, you know, I've been questioning, like, do I really want to teach yoga? This is just a crock of shit. Like, I just, everything in my life is, like, rearranging. Yeah. And and at the same time, when after having free birth, like, I'm like, everyone needs to bow down at my feet and wait on me and be like, oh, my God, you're incredible. And when that doesn't happen, you're like, excuse me. Excuse like, me. <laughs> do I need to remind you what I just did? Like, yeah, like, totally. hello. And, I mean... But at the same time, even now, I don't tell a lot of people what, what I did um, because of even, even just the reactions of like, I'm not sleep deprived and that being met with weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I posted, I did post my birth story. I like wrote it out and posted it and got some great feedback, which was cool. But it no, was it's hard. Easy. So, it's easy once it's happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very totally. true. Very true. <clears throat> I mean, even now, like, yeah, just yesterday, Casper and I were like, I can't believe we did that. I can't believe I did that. And like, I will do it again, 
And I'm sure it'll be just as incredible and amazing. But even now thinking about them, like that's, yeah, it's just wild. It's wild, but it was perfect. It was exactly how it needed to be. And And you don't get out of it being wild, right? Like any which way that a human comes out of a human is freaking crazy, right? (laughs) So you don't get out of that. So it's like, okay, well, when I accept that it's just going to be totally nuts that people come out of people and I'm like a part of that now. Well, we all are because we all came out of people obviously, or else we wouldn't be here. Um, you know, so then what's, what's like the best way to do it if we already know it's super wild? The fact that it took me so long, like there's just no doubt in my mind that... Oh, C-section. I would have been, yeah, I would have been cut open. Like Me too, yeah. No, like there's no chance I would have had... Um, and the meconium, yeah. Th- well, that's it. Like all of the things, mm-hmm. um, just, it, yeah. I know that it would have been absolute nightmare disaster and that was kind of the you know when we got to that like 24 hour mark of like well fuck if we go in now like it'll be so sabotaged and like Mm. it would be my worst nightmare if we were to go in and try and get help so so glad we stayed yeah yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah I mean easy easy and easy and normal (laughs) easy easy and crazy (laughs) crazy (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All in the same, same time. But like such is life. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you just really, you know, you just really said yes to it. And I, you know, a lot of first time women, first time moms who try to free birth with just their husband transfer. And, mm-hmm. and I get it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's new territory that mm-hmm. doesn't look the way most people think it's going to look. Yeah. And I think that many women, including myself, are surprised by how dark it can get. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, there were some real dark, dark times. Yeah. Yeah, for and me even, too. Even through the pregnancy, I had some real dark times, like mm-hmm. just giving myself a straight-up anxiety attack and then being like, hold up. That was a complete make-believe world. Like come back, you know? Um, but that was all a part of the work. Exactly. There's no way that that work would have been done had someone else managed me. Exactly. Well, cause it's a false sense of security. Mm. You know, if you had been getting ultrasounds every five minutes, you could have just been like, Oh, I guess everything's fine. Cause someone told me it was with their tools, Mm -hmm. you know, and contending with the, the not knowing is the whole point. <laughs> it yes. is the mystery yeah. of pregnancy and being a vessel for life and for death. It is the mystery of not knowing and leaning mm. into that is how we resource ourselves. Yeah. Like leaning into it and being like, okay, I'm an open channel for this labor and for this child and I'm going to trust myself. Mm. To lean into that is, I mean, you know, I'm a broken record, but like that, that is so paradigm shifting Mm. is kind of appalling, really. Yeah. Like all you actually did was had a baby. (laughs) Like (laughs) all you actually did was just stay home. You just stay home and, you know, your son Mm. worked his way out of you. You yeah. know, as, but it, it truly like, is paradigm shifting. And for the it people, truly that, is. you know, yeah. like it, 
now people around me are like, had no idea that that was possible. And now they're like, not only was it possible, but Buzz is like this living example of like, I mean, he's just a perfect little cherub baby <laughs> and like super happy, chill baby. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like here's, here's my proof. Right. And me, like, I feel I'm good. I'm healthy. You know, I think I tore a little bit, but like, whatever that healed on its own. And yeah. Everything was just so straightforward. And it was like, this is how it can be. And it's rewriting think... so many of these cultural stories. Like even tearing yes. is not a problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had, I had this girl who's going through midwifery training, super chill. She was like, it's so cool you're free birthing. But have you thought about what you're going to do if you tear? Like, yeah, I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be okay. I'm going to lie in bed with my legs closed. Right. And even my... um. My mother-in-law was like, do you want, do you want that midwife to come over and have a look? Oh. Like, no, absolutely yeah. not. You know, like no one's going to look at my vagina right now. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, so many things of like just educating like the people around you, not through like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn you PowerPoint. Like yeah. Not, yeah. But, um, living your message. Through, yeah. Through example of like, this is all easy. This is all normal. I had a baby. Yeah. And that there really is a bit of a formula for contented infancy and blissful mothering. Mm. You know, there really is a formula. Like not having birth trauma is really Mm -hmm. helpful. A big part of that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a big part of it. You know, nursing, co-sleeping, you Mm know, acting in, 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 in your, in your mother's, you know, highest intuition and your maternal intuition. Like there's you know, happy mom, you know, supported mom, well mom, you know, often creates a very contented baby. It's not like random. <laughs> right. That's so true. I mean, like, oh, in Western Australia too, over here, it's like really, like it, it takes about 20 years for stuff to get to Australia from the States, you know, mm-hmm. ideas and concepts. And then it's going to take like another 10 or 15 for it to get to the Western side. Mm-hmm. So even this like co-sleeping, like, you know, like I, now I tell people that they're like, why do you get so much sleep? I'm like, well, he sleeps right next to me. And like, my boob is out and he just like in the dark can find it. Like, it's really easy. And they're like, oh, really? Like, I'm going to roll over them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, I mean the whole thing, you, you've heard it, but it just, it does surprise me that, um, I really, I have, I have yet to meet anyone who doesn't think that I am just like super fringe out there kind of crazy. Well, I mean, I guess you are not the crazy, not the crazy, but the fringe, right? Like if I guess this is not the norm in today's society in the Western, you know, industrial. Yeah. It's a total bummer, but you know, this is Mm. what's so profound to me about, about the simplicity of this message and these actions is you took it back with just doing it your way, which required less effort externally. Yeah, it. Like it's, it's the easiest path for the Truly. Most, highest result, mm. you know, like that you co-sleep, you know, I, I never bought a crib. I didn't ever mm. even consider that. Mm. Um, and, and exactly. And so of course we are, you know, we, we, I guess I should say we have a higher chance of being well slept you know, but yeah. we're having the same experience. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we are fringe and yet 
it's the most primal, normal, natural mammalian thing. Mm. So it doesn't feel fringe other than that we are in like super backwards, bizarro, you know, society right now. Um, Mm. And yet there's women all over the world who aren't connected who choose this. Yes. Yeah. And, And I love that. It just speaks to the just basic intelligence, wisdom and intuition and instinct that is motherhood. You know, for all mammals, this is not, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, the whole thing just rocks my brain every day. Well, and that's how we can say, like, it's normal, I just had a baby, and at the same time, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that Michelle. sounds good. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank I you. Lo- I loved finally connecting with you. I felt like yeah. we were, like, long overdue. I feel like we've we've True. kind of been connected even bef- before you were pregnant or at least during yeah. the beginning. Oh, no. I mean, because I was – I found out about you guys before. Yeah. I was listening to podcasts and stuff and started and You were in our groups and, and then the membership. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. that's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.